Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Soulvox Radio presents Evolve with your host, Robin White Turtle Disney. Hi, welcome to the show. This is Robin White Turtle Disney, and the show is Evolve. Uh, today, I'm going to be sharing some of my own poetry and writing from my most recent book. Mosaic, New and Collected Poems is my newest edition from Blue Bone Books. Filled with poems from the past 30 years, ones that have been read at ceremonies for the Virginia Tech Survivors Bench Dedication and for weddings, funerals, and birthdays, this book has memories, stories, and personal growth as evidenced throughout. Dave Denny, author of Some Divine Commotion, has said Robin White Turtle Disney's Mosaic is a book of tenderness, awe, and depth. Disney explores the natural world in the manner of the mystic. With a keen eye and an open heart, she communes with wolf, owl, raven, and cat. Her poems reach deeply into relationships between family members, friends, and lovers. Throughout this vast collection, Lucy's brave poems explore the joys of a life richly lived and challenge us to do the same. I'm the author of six books with a novel and a memoir in progress, Dancing at the Moon, Sacred Living, both published by Canary Press and Heart Path, and Heart Path Handbook, and Poems from the Lost Year and Mosaic are all published by Blue Bone Books. Um, so sit back during this busy holiday season and listen to some down-to-earth poetry. It'll stir your heart and help you stay in the moment. So I'm going to start with my book, Mosaic. Uh, Mosaic, uh, New and Collected Poems, is actually a book that's um, combined two books, <laughs> which is why it's a long book. Um, it's combined with two books from over the last 30 years. I had created a couple of books, and I was very excited about them, but uh, for some reason or another, they never got published, and I just kept sending those poems out, more got published, and that's how I began uh, writing uh, this book. I threw it together, put it, threw them up in the air. <laughs> you know, once you put two books together that have already been formed as separate identities, you create a new uh, identity. So that's why the book's called Mosaic. So I'm going to start with that poem that I mentioned uh, that was uh, read at the Virginia Tech Survivors Bench dedication in 2010. It's called First Step. And this is for anybody now that we're at the winter solstice. This is for anybody who's beginning a new adventure, whether it's after a loss or whether it's a new start to a life. Um, So this is called First Step. Beginnings are sometimes foggy. The path is not always clear. The end of one begets another. To to begin, put one foot in front of the other. Your foot knows where to land. The one that moves forward first, forget about the best foot. Just put it out there. Stop traffic if you have to. Go home if that is where it leads you. Go back to work if that is where your foot falls. You don't have to go anywhere. Just rest. After you step, take another. Forget about the weather. Step. Step again. 
So in this volume, I also have um, poems. Uh, along with the poems, I have drawings that I've done over the years. And um, so that's a pretty exciting com combination for me of both the poetry and my pictures. So I'm going to read another uh, poem here now. It's called uh, Roots and Rice. And this is about my father. Ah, father, how we have smoothed that black stone pass between us. The years of polishing water mixed with sand. Is this the last dance we take around our ancestral tree? As we move, I perceive how deep the root of you is in me. Branches sprout from my head, blossoming now from your not-so-gentle pruning. Yet your white bird dreams have taken flight through your daughters, while grandchildren live their wildest crow careening. This ancient conflict we maintain, science is the way for you, the dark silence of the pond for me. You still want to pound me with your measuring stone, yet the flower of this self is made for poems. Besides, we have come to the end of pricing and dividing these grains of rice. There is nothing more to say, just one last long walk through this winter garden. Two old fools, arm in arm, circling around, circling around a black bowl of white rice, who laugh and spin again, this ancient sign of wholeness. Poem uh, was uh, received into a volume of poetry called Porcupine uh, that was published in Wisconsin. Uh, this poem is called Roof Child, and it, it really uh, describes a lot of my antics when I was a kid. <laughs> roof Child. On the roof of our two-story house, before the first summer storm, I am careful to sit below the lightning rod. Next to the chimney is safe. The bricks will protect me, I say to my nine-year-old self. No one below can see me. Yet up here I see the tops of houses, oaks and walnuts where other robins nest. I see how the wind turns leaves over, makes their winds, their white palms raise in praise. How the birds pull their wings back, darting in the wild wind. At the first cracking open of sky, I am electric with lightning bolts running through the random air, rain splatters, giant drops and stops, thunder stirs me on the edge of high. I close my eyes. Imagine that I am taken by the wind, soaring wild. There's a lot of different poems in this book. Um, there's a sense, too, of, of uh, the sacred throughout um, because it's an important part of my life. Um, here's one called Post Office Revival. And uh, this happened, this was an actual thing that happened to me, and I'm going to talk about it in this poem, Post Office Revival. Plexiglass, one inch thick between you and the postal worker. I take a number 27. There are seven people missing from the red number lighted above the window. Inside this red and gray cement building, ringing the sameness of each one of us, no matter who we are, 
no matter if we are, the lost numbers seem to fit. Grasp the woman in dreadlocks and tennis shoes. She wants them to take her package. She wants them to tell her she is going somewhere. She wants them to take her through the window and mail her anywhere else. A black grandfather next to me and his Chinese daughter-in-law with their small child talk in uneasy conversation. The adults are not close, but the child bridges them, unites Africa and China in an uneasy conversation. However you look at it, this place receives people and lets them go, except two Mexican men who come in trying for a visa. No one is there at 5 o'clock on Friday to help them. They bounce off the window and out to the street. A crazy man in white dreadlocks, fear covering his face, runs in, looks around, looks in shock, and shocks a few himself. His ghost leaves suddenly, mumbling, then he shouts something on the street to bring himself back in, then stumbles away. This is not a post office I want to return to, save for one man behind the plexiglass. He is bright. He is wanting to greet the God in you. He booms over the loudspeaker, a number uh, 27. How are you today? He snaps his head to the side, really wanting an answer. Just fine, I say. That's good, real good. He gives everyone a chance to pray while he stamps my letter with care, while he tells me the cost and smiles. He is holding his own U.S. government revival meeting with each soul that he serves inside the drab of this post office building. Thank you, I say. Thank you, he replies. Have a great weekend, I wish for him, as our eyes lock. Over the loudspeaker, his voice booms, a number um, 29. He could be saying, come, blessed souls, I am here to love you, number or no number. One of the things that I wanted to include in here were um, poems uh, about love and poems about people. So the first part of the book is about that. It's about people and uh, looking at dreams, but also looking at portraits of people. And so the poems begin to uh, really talk about the people that are in uh, my life and have been in my life and have come through my life. So this is a dream I had. It's called Mosaic, and it's the title of the book. We entered into a new stadium where the games begin. The women referees on the sidelines were speaking poorly about men. I looked past them to the wall near the goal. We were the mosaic facing each other. Tiles of gold, blue and silver, violet, red, yellow glisten. The scene behind us, a pond with two cranes taking flight. That is what I want, I said. The other women did not hear me, but you did. So we joined hands and floated into it, becoming the art in my dream.
I also have been involved in a lot of different groups, grief groups and so on. And so this uh, poem, this next poem is called Grief Group. The children float together after their tsunami has struck. They float and stare at the sun gazing up, looking towards heaven. Some roll over like fish and search the bottom for answers. They drift with the tides. All day they float asking why. They swim to this boat, still no answers. Then one child ties a message to her grandparents on a balloon. Another sends a whole painting, folds it up, ties it on tight, and releases the balloon to a father somewhere up and up. Every night we close the circle in the same way. Wait for parents to come join hands. Someone starts a love squeeze until it's passed all around the circle, making our raft. Sometimes I love the abstract in um, nature and how uh, it lives all around us. Um, and this one is called the pool man. He scoops the long pole bent by water in a slow curling motion. A net on the end catches leaves by surprise, sweeps them into another world. He has done this many times, twisting his wrist in an effortless winding, a master hypnotized by the water's resistance. When he is done, the pool is bright again a blue kidney to match a dazzling sky. So this, uh, one of the things I love is classical music as well as jazz and all kinds of other musics. Um, and I wanted to read this one called Conductors. Baron Boys Baringboin's rooster hand flares above his head. Now he is a stork, first straight and alert. Then he bows, a dignified long arch into a deep translucent pool. Davy's arms are as fluid as the strays. A bird wing lifts in slow motion, now rises higher in one large flap and swoop. First a hawk, now a butter, a fluttering sparrow, then a tiny hummingbird rapidly beating its invisible wings. The maestro holds on to nothing in the moment but this, the heat of summer and the bitterness of winter, violent spring rains and or the orange and reds of autumn leaves, and in between each phrase, blazing flight over vast fields of burgeoning silence. So this one uh, is called Love Cars, and it was published in Sam Canyon Review a few years back. And uh, after this one, I'll pause and I'll be right back. It's called Love Cars. You make me better, how the thought before the poem, how it changes after, 
ambling skunks and an elderly heiress who buys up land in her view. How painting or poetry make my day. Then the quaking hour, when telltale signs sing out of those love cars on Lowell's Hill. You make me quake when I think about it, the two of us in one, a shiver that went through you earlier that day as we walked past the young black model, posing on the beach with her cadre. We welked sideways as crabs in a borrowed residence, oogling her. I saw you shiver, and I felt my opposition white, edging 60, wrinkles, and you squeeze my hand as we talk about a place to pee, another beach, dinner, oysters, or those black mussels, maybe. Still, you make me shiver when I think of you. Of this tenuous moment, how either one of us could turn away at any time, though after dinner, we were the ones in the love cars off Highway 1, dangling near a cliff edge, scooping love bites um, from seaweed, shivering in each other's sex. That is when you mentioned love cars, how we were in one, in Lowell's poem, at the same time. You enliven me with those skunks, your muscles and their brown skin, rippling as you touch me, hand to my breast. This is a poem I wrote recently, um, and I'm going to read it right after the break. It's called Beach Closed, and we'll be right back. This is Claudia Vieja, Supernova. Evolve, nurturing the new in consciousness, the arts, and culture, with your host, Robin White Turtle Lisney. Evolve brings you people and ideas on the cutting edge of change, opening the shells of the past to move our culture into the now. We are all in great need of sustainable ideas for change. Evolve brings you the wise, the foolish, and the heart-based to help us meet the challenges of our times. Join us the third Thursday of the month at 2 p.m. Pacific Time for Evolve. Hi, this is Robin White Turtle Listening. The show is Evolve, and we're back. And uh, today I'm reading and sharing some of my own poetry from the last 30 years. Uh, Dave Denny, author of Some Divine Commotion, has said that Mosaic is a book of tenderness, awe, and depth. 
She explores the natural world and the manner of the mystic. With a keen eye and open heart, she communes with wolf, owl, raven, and cat. Her poems reach deeply into relationships between family members, friends, and lovers. Throughout this vast collection, Lisney's brave poems explore the joys of a life richly lived and challenge us to do the same. So Mosaic is one of six books that I have. Um, several of them are available on Amazon. Mosaic is on Amazon as well as on my website, and I always suggest that people that want to buy books go to the author's websites or go to the uh, publisher's websites. Um, usually because uh, the the uh, the money goes directly to the publishers and directly to the authors instead of um, 70% going to Amazon. So I'd like to encourage you to do that. Bluebonebooks.com is the website. And this one is called Beach Closed. It's Capitola Beach, Santa Cruz County, 311, 2017. This was written right after the inauguration. I watch another family straddle the same sign to explore what winter has washed in. Logs tossed like matchsticks are made into teepees, and children duck in and out to play hide-and-seek. There must be all races of people out there, their children exploring what they find, turning over shells, picking up sticks, looking for treasures. It is a human happiness to beach comb. A flock of pigeons peck the sand and strut and chase after females, like those teenagers over by the rocks chasing each other. People break rules in Santa Cruz. It's our duty. We do it together as the sun is going down slowly, even as some are leaving the beach one by one, except those surfers who jog their way through logs and people to reach the waves. And for some unknown compulsion, I sit here amused and happy with them, listening to Spanish and Farsi, Hebrew and Serbian, African jive, and all of us together on the same plot of earth and sea and sky as one family who break the rules imposed on us. And I'm writing it all down furiously. I must be their scribe. Nature is such a powerful inspiration for so many of us uh, who write poetry. And uh, this one was uh, another one written recently. It's called A Range of Ranges. As spring abates, the wild Yuba River gushes so fast you might be swept away if you get too close. Hills shimmer green and lush with wildflowers fed from lakes and ice pack rush. On my way to the coast, the central valley has already gone golden in mid-May. Dry summer heat has taken hold. Further on, along the coast range, gullies are green where runoff has kept them in their winter favor as sunward sides turn tawny. Back to the Santa Cruz Mountains, fog keeps redwoods and oaks forever green and thick on steep terrain. Cool ocean air gusts over Highway 17 as our summer pattern begins to breathe mist 
over everything. One of my favorite uh, things to do is to go to a hot spring <laughs> or a spa. <laughs> and um, this is one of my favorite places here in Santa Cruz County. Uh, it's called Well Within, and it's a spa and massage um, place. And um, I go there from time to time just to relax. Well Within, Santa Cruz. Outside the spa, double datura, spiral open, their claw petals turn up slightly. As buds lengthen, gradations appear from white to coral, and blossoms rotate as a newborn star. Inside, I am led to my room where tea and two cups, a towel and a spa, with a gentle bubbling surface, invites. Flute music sets the tone as I ease into the hot tub. I soak for a while, then with my arms over the transom of wood and paper screens, I delight in a Japanese garden outside. A stand of black bamboo clacks in the breeze. Fish swim in a pond below. I watch their movements, relax my body, a white koi swims under red maple leaves and around a stand of grasses. It noses the surface for food, its small opening and closing, then swims around a golden one, a spotted one, a brown one. I could watch them for hours as I move my legs the same way as their fins, then slide back into the spa to float. My hour is up. I shower and dress again, feeling reborn. I slowly float out under the perfumed canopy of Datura, out the bamboo gate, stars glittering all the way through. That one has a drawing with it, um, Koi with Reflections and Clouds, that's uh, on the website for Blog Talk, and it has several rotations of... Uh, other pictures that I've done that are in the book. So, we've got time for another love poem. <laughs> this one's called um, Finding Each Other, and it's uh, one of my favorite poems uh, that I've written. Uh, and it came out all of a piece. I had to write a poem for a wedding, and uh, someone had asked me to do that, and so I did, and um, this I just sat down and I thought, well, you know, what do I have to say about weddings? And um, I thought, uh, well, okay, I'm just going to open myself. And it came down so furiously and fast, um, I was surprised myself finding each other. How can I speak about the way two streams fall from the same mountain, meet, mix, and flow together? Their union depends on the minerals in those hills, soft places where the land gives way to the persistent trickle of nourishment for spawning fishes. Renewal occurs in the cycle of evaporation falling from clouds, hiding this blue hope we open to on sunny days. One thing I know, you can't figure out the finding. It's only as natural as an earthquake or as a heron stretching her wings over a lagoon. 
In a pool of clouds, she finds her mate standing there, looking through her reflection, taking what comes to him. They share the familiar, the same source flowing from the river. They share safe places and hunting grottos. Their strength is the way they are simply themselves, lifting off to find their place above the river, nesting on a broad fan of pine on the back of the same ever-changing mountain. This is a poem that honors a, a man who lives in our local community here. His name's Stan Rishworth, and he's an author. Uh, wrote one of the most amazing novels I've ever read. And uh, I went to see a poetry reading over the hill in uh, San Jose, uh, that's over the Santa Cruz Mountains, <laughs> for those that don't live here locally. And um, I saw him do this reading, and it moved me so much. I wrote this poem because uh, I thought he was an amazingly brave man. And I still think that. <laughs> He stood at the podium, holding onto it to steady his palsy shaking. Then, like a sun dancer, he bore his chest to be pierced, chanting his poem prayer to the earth for us to wake up to her sacred body. As the elder medicine man, he called in wind, earth, fire, water. He invoked the very powers as it rained gently outside in response. He called out to all of us, she is yours to care for. Then he said somewhere in the chanting to the young ones, she is your mother too, take hold. Then he closed his eyes as he read the incantation, his spirit hand brushing over her muddy body. He placed her markings on his own face, over his brow, on his cheeks, a line on his chin. He ended the way he started, releasing the four directions, giving thanks through the fire, earth, water, air, calling to wind. As he finished, he stood at the podium firmly, not shaking, eyes closed, humming her praise as though it was his last message to us, wings sprouting from his arms to rise. This is a poem inspired by... Um, the first person who actually inspired poetry in me, which was, was David White. David is a internationally known poet now, and he travels around. He's not known to the academic circles very much, and he doesn't travel in that genre much at all. Um, he's a poet that has um, made his living as a poet in corporations and other ways. And so I studied with him for about six years, and I followed him around, and um, uh, I did all kinds of uh, schlepping of his books and <laughs> listening to his work. And he he read a lot of other poets, so I got to know other poets through him. Uh, so this is uh, when I was ending my kind of study with him or my cycle of study. It's called I Go My Own Way for David White. 
I was expecting to be done with you, yet standing together a final time seems impossible. Poetry has cut me closer to you than I thought likely, and your generous praise and gifts of the soul leave me speechless. So here we stand. I am reading palms between the lines on your face, not able to say thank you in its full measure, not able to utter another goodbye. You and your palms have been the cake of pearls I have feasted on all this time, each bite another jewel. In your irascible humility, you remind us all that it is something bigger than our two hands folded together. It is nothing anyone can grasp. Yet in your eyes and around your mouth, a kind of light flickers, a flippant knowing that whether we know it or not, poetry will always bring us face to face again. Thanks, David. (laughs) It was great inspiration to hang out with you. (laughs) Sometimes you meet elders that are important to you and, um, uh, I had one, I've met many, many elders, um, and I'm really grateful for them in my life. They make a huge difference. Uh, and one of the first elders I had, beside my parents, uh, who I'm grateful for, was a woman named Hatsy. And Hatsy was my um, sister's mother-in-law. Uh, she became a close friend of mine as well. And so this is an uh, ode to Hatsy. Something secret passed between us, too precious to speak about when you gave my hand a squeeze or offered delectables from your kitchen. We listened for the secret during lacing hours of conversation through a poem or a silver teapot, a handmade spoon of horn, the maker or user imprint embedded. You gave the story the heirloom that connected us, something from the past to pass on. It was both the the object and the essence you handled so carefully, touching the hand that touched you would say. And we knew while these moments passed, they were dear, slipping into our top memory drawer. Yes, it was the essence of that nectar We sipped together in your kitchen, this moment and the next, pearl after pearl. Sometimes uh, one of the hardest things for me is to make poems funny, (laughs) because sometimes they come out um, very serious or they're about something that deeply touches me. So uh, this one is called Cape of Ulysses. They say he stuffed mullen leaves in his underwear to protect from those sirens. He ordered his men to do the same and had them press those soft leaves into their ears, then apply wax to seal against their song. He had his men sew him a cape of mullen leaves, then strap him to the mast. Only Ulysses' ears were open to listen to their seductive choir, and his binds would protect them, protect him from those whispers and sighs, from their groans and gyrations, from going mad, from turning his ship into the rocks. Poor Ulysses, 
what of the night? Did you really think you could stop any hot-blooded siren from seeping into your dreams? A little twist on the ancient mariner. So I'm going to take a little break again and stop here. Um, I'm going to uh, play for you Claudia Viela's Viela's, uh, Jagada. (laughs) And we'll be right back. Evolve, nurturing the new in consciousness, the arts, and culture, with your host, Robin White Turtle Lisney. Evolve brings you people and ideas on the cutting edge of change, opening the shells of the past to move our culture into the now. We are all in great need of sustainable ideas for change. Evolve brings you the wise, the foolish, and the heart-based to help us meet the challenges of our times. Join us the third Thursday of the month at 2 p.m. Pacific Time for Evolve. Hi, I'm Robin White Turtle Lisney, and I'm glad that you're listening to my show, Evolve. I wanted to let you know about a new book that I have called Mosaic, New and Collected Poems. It's a a volume of 30 years of poetry uh, that I'm very excited about, and it's being published by Bluebone Books. Uh, In addition to that, I also have Dancing Up the Moon, uh, Living a Sacred Life. Uh, More recent books are Heart Path, Heart Path Handbook, and Poems for the Lost Deer. All of these books, uh, the last three books, are published by Bluebone Books. 
I'm also an energy medicine practitioner, and I am a psychic and a medium. And I've been a radio host on Evolve for a number of years, about five years, where I interview authors on the cutting edge of change, authors who are uh, writing innovative things, authors who are exploring uh, new consciousness and also bringing old traditions back into the current time to help us uh, at this time of uh, the world. And uh, now we'll go back to the show. Hi, I'm Robin Leitre to Listening. The show is Evolve, and thank you for uh, listening today. I'm reading poems from my own writing. Uh, this is a new poetry book, as I mentioned, uh, called Mosaic Noon Collected Poems. And uh, it has an, a variety of poems in it. Uh, starts with port- portraits of people, and um, uh, then it moves into nature poems. Uh, the, the second section is called Carrion Hunters, and it has uh, section sections on different uh, uh, nature uh, adventures that I've gone on. And then uh, the third one is called The Emerald Self, which is all about transformation. And uh, it has uh, all kinds of um, poems about it that you'll hear in a few minutes. So I'm going to do the, um, the, the poem that is the title for this section called Carrion Hunters. And this poem was written when my mother was ill Quite a, quite a number of years ago, she was ill 20 years ago, um, uh, and I went back to Illinois from California to be with her and to uh, help out with my mom and dad and uh, my other sisters who were incredible help, um, and um, I took care of her as best I could um, over the, the course of the year of her passing. And um, during that time, one of the things that we really, uh, I really liked to do and wanted to do with her was as much as we could do while she was still well. Uh, and I had heard that my sisters had gone out looking for uh, this strange weed called carrion weed that's a beautiful, um, beautiful dried uh, fruit. Uh, once it's dried, it's really nice. <laughs> but it's called carrion weed, and it smells just like that. So this is called Carrion Hunters. We drive a long way until farms spring up and fences run along the road, dividing field from cattle. My mother drives while I scout. It feels slightly illegal. You will spot their dark heads bobbing. There, she stops. I fly out of the car with snippers in hand. A long branch bends towards the ground, woven into the fence. Tendrils with curled leaves and blue-black balls of fruit bob on slender stems. This is the prize named for the odor they emit when they flower, carrion weed, dead carcasses of rotting flesh, the odor gone by autumn, Hungry bees have done their work. These vines hold a graceful fascination, a branch-to-branch thoughts, blue heads against white walls, tendrils spiraling out, dried leaves, all but removed in a 
careful plucking ceremony, the stem hard and bare as a bone arching. Uh, Living in California, one of the things I miss the most is autumn (laughs) and um, uh, in the Midwest. We have some colors that change here, some some um, maples that have been planted here and there, but it's not natural to California. And so most of the time you don't see, you might see a yellow tree once in a while, but uh, and certainly the redwoods and pines uh, all have uh, leaves that are here all year long. But <clears throat> this poem was written uh, after I had um, been steeped in the, the Midwest and then came back here. I came back to California, so it's called Two Autumns. Autumn comes like this on the West Coast. Bright sun turns dusty. Plants on the side of the road covered in pale ochre. Horsetail skeletons break in two. Autumn comes with ferns and raspberries, redwood and ivy, all a shade drier leaves a pale version of their summer vitality. Here, no maples torch around streams and blue pearl lakes as in Minnesota. No red oaks announcing the end of Illinois summer. No one runs from their house saying, look, see how the flames of autumn turn and fall, how dark thunderheads bring colors out. See ferns turn to tongues of yellow sumac ablaze. Inside, California mist mingles around redwoods. Winter rains seem to never come. Crisp leaves kindle a warning as infernos rage farther south. Smoke hangs over the Monterey Bay. And all the while, in both lands, we feel the flames of change inside us. Um, I'm very much a supporter of leaving things alone when it comes to nature. And um, this um, was a time when I worked uh, over the hill in a Silicon Valley uh, for a short period of time. It's called Last Tilling. Along the fields, wheat grasses bob with transparent pods, backlit by early afternoon sun. Tiny lanterns hold a thousand Chinese paper memories held over carriages of ancient landlords. Bleached grass left from last year, tiny pods wave in bunches and whip seeds over opened furrows of newly tilled soil. Wheat-like grasses, fully ripe in late spring, reddish spikes and green buds veiled, Flip and twist in the wind, rattling a shimmering wave. Long grasses throw a sheen over the ocean of empty lanterns. By a split furrow, rattlesnake grass line the field, where the farmer has one more season of telling before more buildings encroach. Bulldozers peel the topsoil back, make little red flag markers fly up and twist back to clear foundations for corporate profits. 
Never will seedlings again fall in furrows, waiting for rain, and twist in ripeness under the summer heat. One of my favorite flowers is a calla lily. <laughs> Don't know why, except that I keep writing about it. So I've put several poems in here about calla lily, and um, this uh, is one of them. It's called Callas. Daunting spirals, curves of white crepe, gateway, yellow dab, stems of pale green. The sea is caught in your downward gaze. Oceans surge up from deep recesses. From where do you come? Coils of surprise, flat pains of care, cast up and out of the bounty you bring to my garden. Our table, one twist, and I'm gone, wandering down your hollow veils. Since we're close to the solstice, we're on the solstice. I'm recording this on the winter solstice. This, uh, these are some winter poems uh, for those of you in the Midwest. This one's called Winter Migration. Late afternoon, long strings of geese stitch and roll along the underbelly of clouds. They sound a call. She answers them and leaves with the geese in the night. They make a proper wake to herald her arrival. Here's a poem called First Winter Frost. I have learned to love winter again, returning to this climate after years away. I have to learn to relax into it in moments when I see with new eyes a frost tatting on the edge of leaves, secret white messages written to me on the windows in the morning, the wild arrow of geese overhead that call out, pointing the way to warmer climate. No one really knows what these signs mean, but they add up. Together they tell us that soon the snow will sleep the earth to spring, good parents, winter and summer ever-present, constant, tucking us in at night. But something changes once again and forever, the way a gentle touch softens a cold night, the edge of the lake, at the edge of the lake, the first day of frost. And here's a solstice poem. It's just called Solstice. Clear winter night, sky and fir tree, ablaze with stars. December 25th. I take a tuck in the night sky and wrap stars around my tree. This one's called Sunflowers Like Stars. Fog blankets sunflowers and cornrows in the deep valley below. Sun streaks break through a yellow to yellow petals sparkling like stars. From the west, thunderbeams begin ceremony and slowly reach the shore as the last flares of sun turn violet. I stand in my center on the mountaintop on fire, pen 
dancing. I wanted to read a poem uh, that I wrote for my dad. Um, strong uh, relationship with him. He was a wonderful man and um, a character and uh, not always easy, but he was a good good person. <laughs> I'm grateful to have a good good parents in both cases. This one is called A Perfect Flight for My Father at 99. If I could give you words as a gift, they would be, you are enough. The time of proving yourself is past. If I could share with you my observation of a life well lived, I would say, you are the thunder and the rain, and after the storm, the stained glass sun. If I could sit with you by the lake, lace my arms through yours as we watch the geese glide away, I would say to you, Pa, look how the geese practice their formation over and over, how they teach their young the art of family moving together. When they have accomplished their rehearsal, we would see them take a running flap and an awkward pounding of wings to become one with the dawn, one with a distant star. Like a lot of people in my generation, um, uh, we've had to move through relationships and not just be in them. <laughs> so this poem I wrote after uh, a divorce, and um, it was about 10 years ago now. It's called The New Road. It's garbage day, and I am walking down a new road on an unfamiliar path. People are tossing out everything, spoons and hats, TVs and tape recorders. As I pass cans piled high, I am reminded of the garage sale we had a few weeks ago remains of our marriage sold after our years together. We threw out the trunk from my ancestor's journey from Norway to Chicago, sheets, the shelves for our books, and duplicates of family pictures, your winter shirts. We've left it all behind. You have retired to your tropical island, and I to my muse, to my work, right here on the San Francisco Bay. This is my home before you, and now after. Then I pick up a new trail like drops of blood. I follow rose petals laid out precisely down the sidewalk, when then the next forming a line. Each fresh petal perfect without a bruise, vibrating deep red on the cold cement. Open, cupping, the breeze makes them quiver. The line of red drops stops under an apricot tree. Fruit hangs rice, some fallen. I really love dreams and uh, try to work a lot with dreams if I can. <clears throat> and uh, I think they have a way to enter into our unconscious. And it, it helps to... Um, to look at them kind of abstractly, because they are abstract. Um, but this one is uh, called Moon Mirrors. 
and it's uh, based on a, a Rumi poem, and it goes like this. Uh, moon mirrors, the fire and the water, accidental, done with mirrors. That's from Rumi, book five, The Question, uh, translated by Coleman Barks and John Moyen. We all begin in the dark. Tonight is a warm womb world. At 3 a.m., this black wolf night is cool and quiet inside, too. Moonlight pours in its relentless platinum light and casts the darkest shadows I know. The hum of the earth opens a fire, then a bubbling spring inside this moment. Stillness seems to groan. Silence is celebrating itself. Inside, I fall more deeply into this crack of stillness. The floor, the void has a floor. The floor is invisible. The ceiling is what we walk on. Darkness is open, changing places with the moon in an endless tango. Uh, I mentioned that the last section of the book is about uh, poetry and um, about um, my inner journey. And uh, it has a lot of poems that have to do with uh, how do we move into ourselves. And so this one is another dream poem. It's called Traveling Towards Dawn. Worship this forest blue egg moment. Walk over sand dunes near sea tides. Take this lusty wind and drive through shark jaws and hyena moon howls. Those wild dogs will dig all night at hillsides and make land melt into rivers. Walk quickly past the pack, slowly escape, steady, ride the scooter, which hurries this tin whistle go-kart strangely around the next curve. Now baffle your pursuers, banish your fears to the dig, abandon their terror residue. Unplug from the waves of silicon ingots with that champion overdose of computer chips. Slide in wet earth on your way down. Hold on to the cedar branch. Wear your muddy head. You are almost there, so walk steadily to your cottage. Spoon with your lover. Sigh. Drink from the calm inland lake. Dawn. The safety of being new. So uh, I want to read a few last poems. Um, I really appreciate you listening this hour. And this are poems from Mosaic, my new book uh, that's just come out. Um, and I'm reading uh, today on the solstice, the uh, winter solstice. This one's called Illusion of Blue. Heron waves on a wooded river bend. Sun dapples her back as feathers ruffle and impossible long legs bend backwards. She pretends not to notice me, then moves off, savoring her wild form, settling deeper into the grass. She hears, stirs, then lifts those great arched wings, stretches her beak of a pterodactyl out, crooks her neck, flap after flap, further downstream. From inside, bend of the river, she lands, is surprised again, this private bird flaps her way away, 
flowing river of bird, quiet pond, hidden marsh, she disappears. Her gray, only blue, indirect sun, this reflected flash flies around inside. So sometimes we have things that come out of us, and um, there are two more poems I want to read to you. Uh, one is at the very end of the book, and this one is called Silver Thread. I heard their honking first, a flock of something rolling beyond, looking up to pale blue skies, a shimmering string, now too break over gnarled branches of spidery oaks. So far away, I cannot count them. These geese are ducks, perhaps snow geese with their white wings, their arrow shapes, two silver ribbons turn in the sun. Now a red tail or eagle soars higher with them or below. I cannot tell who it is, what it is, just its span larger than two of them. Perhaps their furious warnings keep the talons curled and not extended for one of them. They furl and twist, one string sheltering the other. Suddenly the great bird takes a different course. I notice a shadow is pulled out of me. I remain transfixed by those shining strings, their secret display, and I am pure silver inside when they disappear as I glance away. And the last poem is called The Golden Bell. So this is what it's like. One moment fear, the next vastness. Goals cease to be goals. Instead, a star-filled night fills me. Star woman, you are me now, as you are everyone. No fear, now love. No contraction, now immensity. I am a dark night full of stars. Yet this is no night, only shining. No stars without immense space. This spot called Earth, one elegant teacher of each jasmine, jasmine flower, every scratch of bird to its flea-bitten wing. Stop! Look how pink is sprayed through the rattan shade as the copper sun lowers in the west. Open to a single hum, a golden bell calling one to velvet silence. This is Robin White Turtle Listney. The show is Evolve. And you can check out uh, this book on www.bluebonebooks.com. My other website for the work I do and healing is www.thecenterforthesoul.com. Thanks for listening and have a great holiday season. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the show. This is Deb Caracella. Please join us next time for Evolve with Robin White Turtle Lisney, Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m.